at the HR Grapevine podcast, the podcast series that takes an in-depth look at one of the most fascinating, important or divisive HR topics that is making the headlines. I'm Sophie Parrott, online editor at HR Grapevine, and each week I'll be joined by a different HR journalist as we explore the contemporary practice and most pressing debates in HR within a short podcast. So join me as we properly pick apart what it means to work in the people function. Today, I'm joined by Kieran Howes, Deputy Editor of Executive Grapevine. Happy New Year to you, Kieran. It's great to have you back on the podcast. Thanks very much, Soph. Once again, happy to be back. For the last couple of weeks, news regarding the coronavirus vaccine has been dominating news agendas and hitting headlines as more people continue to receive the vaccine. Government figures have suggested that more than 7 million people in the UK have had at least one dose of a vaccine to protect against the virus. According to the BBC, two vaccines developed by Pfizer-BioNTech and Oxford-AstraZeneca are being used and a third vaccine from Moderna has been approved. Vaccines are being given to the most vulnerable first and a list of nine high priority groups is being followed with residents in care homes for older adults and their carers, 80 year olds and over and frontline health and social care workers and those considered clinically extremely vulnerable also high up on the list. For HR, this will have lots of follow-on questions about the vaccine, around communication and also around whether or not employers can force staff members to receive the vaccine. But of course, getting hold of the right information in the first place is key. Yeah, absolutely so. So it it looks to be social media platforms that are really facilitating the spread of coronavirus misinformation and therefore altering opinions on the vaccine. In fact, the World Health Organization, or WHO, recently branded this spread of misinformation as an infodemic, uh, basically an overload of information uploaded to social channels with no way of discerning what is real and what is fake information. And actually, according to YouTube's own statistics, as reported by the Evening Standard Science podcast, more than half a million videos containing misinformation about the COVID-19 virus have been removed from their platform. And I found a quote which I actually think is really poignant. And it's by Imran Ahmed, the CEO of the non-profit centre Countering Digital Hate. He said, COVID-19 misinformation is the equivalent of an ideological bomb. It has the capacity to hurt tens of thousands of people when it detonates uh, in the moment the vaccines are available. So, you know, that I think that says it all really, doesn't it? Um, but so how likely is it that actually a significant portion of the workforce would be hesitant to get a vaccine? Well, actually, back in November, YouGov polled Brits to find out whether or not they would want to get the vaccine when it became available. And the research found that two thirds of the public at the time said that they were either very 42% or fairly 25% likely to take the vaccine when it became available. One in five said that they were unlikely to get it, while 12% said that they were unsure. And while the government has said that the vaccine is not mandatory, is it possible that employers can force staff to receive the vaccine if they want to return to the workplace? 
It's a it's a really interesting and definitely relevant question. Requiring all workers to have had a vaccine to ensure that returning to the workplace is safe would undoubtedly make them a more secure environment. And a Conservative MP named Tom Turganat actually recently told Half Post UK that he could certainly see the day when bosses require staff to have had the vaccine. But from a legal perspective, could employers actually force people to get the vaccine? Probably not, according to legal experts. Before this podcast, we went out to uh, Andrew Willis, the head of legal at law firm Corona, who previously told HR Grapevine that due to varied employee situations, it could be really quite challenging putting a blanket measure in place. So he said to us, There could be several reasons why employees do not want to take the vaccine. They may have been advised not to due to pre-existing disabilities or the prospect of taking it may have a negative effect on their mental health. And if they are subjected to a detriment as a result of being told not to come into work or even dismissed, this company really could face costly discrimination claims. So that could really uh, raise some very serious questions for HR. And like with any aspect of working throughout the pandemic, HR has definitely had to consider some of the questions that it may well be asked by employees and executives. So previously, at the beginning of the pandemic, this could have been questions around furlough or perhaps returning to work, obviously, when we weren't in government-imposed lockdown periods. For those that have been forced to work from home during the pandemic, it is likely that some of those employees will want to return to a central office at some point, potentially because they have missed the the social interaction of the office um, and obviously being able to spend time with work friends at lunchtime and those sorts of things. Obviously, further down the line, once employees have been vaccinated, will this mean that staff will be wanting to come back into a physical workplace? And also then there's a second question of should employers and HR let them? Well, this is a question that I recently put to a legal expert, Philip Richardson, who is a partner and head of employment law at Stevenson's. And he essentially explained to me that by the end of summer, all being well, we should be in a position where the majority of workplaces in the UK are offering employees the option to work from the office once again. And he went on to explain, for some employees, there will be an overwhelming urge to return to some kind of normality. For others, their return to the office may be more cautious and they may have preferred to work from home due to the flexibility it offers. Employers should be wary of demanding staff to return to the office without considering individual needs and rights surrounding flexible work requests and making reasonable adjustments for some staff. In addition to this, he went on to explain that HR teams should start to plan for different scenarios, such as a phased return to work, for example, as well as considering the different work structures that are open to employees. And like with anything, as we've seen throughout the pandemic, this will involve good communication, undoubtedly both from employers and HR. Yeah, exactly. So communication is completely key here. And obviously, it's HR's responsibility to ensure that they are spreading the correct information and making decisions based off correct information. So obviously, HR has been a comms hub throughout the pandemic in many aspects, such as furlough and many of the things that you've just talked about. And now, with more and more people getting vaccinated, getting comms right around the coronavirus is really crucial uh, for the success of of any company and for HR. There are several definitive sources that will provide correct information, but the best and most reliable source will, of course, always be the government website itself. It's also got affiliated medical partners on there and 
the Office of National Statistics, where everyone should be getting the correct statistics. And in fact, for those who are kind of questioning whether a source that they're using is factually correct or not, the government actually has its own fact-checking service. It's under the website sharechecklist.gov.uk. And of course, that is something that HR is always welcome to use to ensure that the information that they're putting out there or sharing internally is correct. As Kieran explained, you know, HR has played a central role in terms of communications throughout the pandemic. The same definitely applies to information around the COVID vaccine, which is something that employees and execs in the business will likely turn to HR for advice at some point in the coming weeks and months. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. HR Grapevine wouldn't exist without your continued readership and engagement with their content. Whether that's our daily newsletters, monthly magazines, webinars, live events, or market leading research papers. So to find out more or to sign up to our daily content newsletter, which showcases solutions and best practice answers to all of your HR issues, please visit hrgrapevine.com. Thank you.